Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. I'm Matt Pierce, host of the Visual Lounge, and we are back with part two of our special episode with Nick Nimmin. Now, if you haven't heard part two, go ahead and go back. You can listen to part one or you can dive in in the middle. It might make less sense, but I'm sure it's something you can still get value out of. So before we get too far, let me just remind you who Nick Nimmin is. Nick is passionate about using the power of YouTube and online video to create and connect with an audience, expand influence and grow businesses. In addition to teaching others, he's grown his personal YouTube channel to over 800,000 subscribers. He loves to talk about live streaming, audience development, and growing social media influence using YouTube. Nick continues to be an amazing creator and one that constantly putting out great information on his YouTube channel and in other locations. Back in part one of our conversation, we discussed the idea about iterating on videos, to script or not to script, and some of his video editing best practices. In this episode, we're gonna be focusing more on the time aspect of video creation. How can we make things easier? How can we get a little better at our time management? And what tools and processes can we put in place to be efficient as we create really fantastic videos for our audiences? Nick shares some incredible advice and I hope you enjoy listening. So let's dive back into our conversation. So Nick, if you were to give us like think about, you know, we've got people who are brand new to this, still trying to figure this out to all the way to people who are probably, you know, maybe they're 10, also 10 years into their experience. What's one or two tips that you would give us about speeding up your process, helping to be more, uh, maybe more time efficient so that you're not so stressed out all the time about, oh my gosh, I've got to spend so much time just to get something out to, to see if it works even. Um, plan. You know, planning is definitely, you know, it, it's always helpful because, you know, when you plan, then when you do sit down to work, you know, plan in your spare time. And then when you sit down to actually do the work, then you have an idea or a direction of what it is that you're going to do instead of sitting there having to motivate yourself to, you know, to, to start those processes. You already know what it is that you need to put together. So then it becomes like, okay, I need to create these, you know, re or these assets that I'm going to use in this video instead of like, okay, what is it I'm going to make? Right. So if you can do that sort of thing in your spare time, it's, it's going to make a really big difference. Um, in addition to that, depending on, you know, how aggressive you are, if you're somebody that's like, hey, I'm trying to, you know, use this content thing as something that I want to do, you know, full time or I want to use it as like an income source or a way to bring attention to my business or something like that. Then in that particular case, I would also look for, uh, you know, little places in your life because, you know, we all have the same amount of time, but some people just don't use that time in ways that end up benefiting them. So because of that, I would look for just little places in your, you know, day-to-day -day life over the course of a week or a month and try to find little pockets. And, and this is going to sound, you know, kind of gross, but, you know, maybe that time is, okay, well, when I'm using the bathroom, I'm going to spend, you know, however many minutes I'm there and I'm going to use that time to try to come up with video ideas or to put a plan together or to figure out what be I would use for, you know, this script that I put together, or maybe I'm going to use it to, you know, help me write, you know, spend that time writing my scripts. Um, when you are having a coffee or you're watching Netflix, even, you know, if you're not into the movie, but the person that you're hanging out with is in that particular case, it's kind of rude, but you know, you can pull up your phone, just make sure it's not a distraction to them. And, you know, just sit there and, and, and work on your stuff. Um, of course, don't, you know, take away from your, you know, significant other or anything like that, because that time is, you know, more important. But, um, but, you know, just finding those little, you know, those little pockets of time that you can use um, to be able to, 
make it so that when you do sit down to do the thing, um, you you have you know everything that you need, and then you can just actually do the thing without having to you know get yourself ready to do it or without having to figure out you know what your next step is. Yeah, I I love that. And you mentioned earlier, you know, just taking notes on your phone. I, and I'm assuming that mm-hmm. as you're as you're whatever you're doing, if you got that five minute break or you're on your mm-hmm. lunch for for work or you're just have a, a quick moment. Yeah. Find do those things and don't lose it. Cause that's I'm I'm so guilty of that. I'm like, oh yeah, I got this great thing. And then I'm like five hours later, like, what was that? Or I have too many tabs open on my on my phone uh, browser. Right. Like, oh boy. Yeah, for, for that, you know, you can use um, uh, one one thing that's really helpful for that is, of course, if you're in the if you're in the Apple eco space, then it's really easy to kind of transfer things around because you can set it up where everything kind of syncs up with your notes and all that. Um, but if not, then one of the things that I use is I use uh, Google Docs, mm-hmm. and with Google Docs, um, I can you know basically create that doc. And then it's going to be available for me, regardless of if I'm on a Mac or a PC or on my phone, um, you know, if I'm on a laptop, if I'm on my computer here, like it doesn't matter where I'm accessing it from, then I can, I can, I, I know that, Hey, if I just go into my docs and I have it titled, I'll be able to find it there. And then, you know, if you use that, then you'll be able to access it from anywhere. You don't have to worry about losing anything in terms of the actual, you know, stuff on your computer, or maybe, you know, you lose it in a file structure in your phone somewhere. Um, you might lose the idea, right? If you have a good idea and you don't flush it out, you might lose that. Um, but in terms of, you know, the actual, you know, places that you're putting everything, um, I found that to be really helpful as well. Um, Notion is similar to that, mm-hmm. to where you can, you know, easily get to whatever it is that you need because everything kind of syncs up across devices as well. But using those types of tools so that you can make sure that you have those places to go to uh, and keep everything isolated. Like, hey, this is my video stuff that I'm working on. Um, I'm going to make this separate from my personal account so that I can make sure that if if I'm coming into this folder, there everything in here is related to, you know, me making content. And then that way you have everything isolated there um, and you know exactly where to go to uh, to find everything. And another thing that's really cool also, and this is something that's, that's brand new um, over the last few weeks, is if you are somebody that uses the paid version of ChatGPT, um, if you drive anywhere at any time, if you're alone, uh, they have now to where you can input, input voice and it'll talk back to you as well. Mm. So think of it like Siri or Alexa, but instead you're talking to their AI that can help you brainstorm on things and help you work through ideas. So, you know, for example, if you're like, hey, I'm trying to create a personal brand could you help me create a personal brand? It's going to say, yes, you know, I can help you, uh, you know, what, and it'll start asking you questions. You can even tell it, ask me what questions you need to know um, about my brand to, or about this brand I'm trying to create in order to, you know, help you give me the best advice. And then it'll start asking you questions and then you can answer them and you can do all of this. And you just have a conversation while you're driving without having to look at your phone, without having to do anything like that. And then you essentially have uh, an assistant with you that's taking notes on this conversation because everything that you're saying is also behind that text is being saved into your chat GPT, which then when you sit down in front of your computer, you open up your phone, and you're getting ready to do the work. You can just a- you can access that specific conversation that you had um, while you were driving. And you can also do the same thing with, hey, I need you to take some notes on some things. And then as you're sitting there, you know, explaining, you know, everything it is you need to take notes on, it'll just sit there and take those notes. So again, using these types of tools to help um, can be really advantageous when it comes to, you know, with the workflow and just making sure that you're getting the things done that you need to get done. 
man, the future is pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I, I mean, it's already cool. Yeah, as soon as the voice thing came out, the first time I tried it, I was driving. I was like, I was sitting in a traffic light and I was like, yeah, yeah, let me try this real quick. I spent like 45 minutes just talking to it and, and, you know, it's answering questions and I'm, you know, giving it feedback and it's giving me feedback and, you know, we're, we're following all these different thought paths in terms of, you know, different, you know, directions that it's taken me. It's pretty incredible. Uh, you know, yeah, like super excited for, for what's to come, uh, on the AI front. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I, with that, I, sh I should mention for, I know we've got some of our folks that we met at Vid Summit. So for those that are here in the, the chat today, watching along with us, thank you for being here. It was great to meet a lot. So many awesome people at Vid Summit. That's a great conference and event. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah. So I just want to mention if you are one of those folks that were at Vid Summit, if you haven't tried Camtasia, first of all, you've got that offer still and Audiate, which uh, has some built-in AI. Since we're talking a little bit of AI, you can do some script generation or you can do some translation of your scripts plus voice generation as well. So that's also available to everybody that's uh, took us up on the offer. Uh, and if you were not there and you didn't get an offer, you can still try those, of course, because you know they are out and available. And that's been, so Nick, I think that's one of those things that we're gonna see you talked about you know, not turning over the creation portion, like what your ideas are, but I think this production stuff in AI is just going to be pretty fantastic. And we don't need to go too much into it. Uh, but one of the questions I saw that came up that's interesting, uh, you know, obviously you've got a setup here. You've got a fixed office kind of setup, right? And I think you've got a couple for different purposes. Mm -hmm. I know I saw uh, you and your brother on your live stream and that that looked, that was a slick looking setup. I'm sure some Thank of you. it was, was digital, but... It was amazing. No, it was all that's all legit. Yeah. So um oh, so awesome. basically that that live streaming studio, that's all real. We've had that for probably five years now. When he was in Mexico, we weren't using it, but uh uh but yeah, we've had that for five years. My brother built all of that. Oh, wow. So the only thing that's digital is uh because we use StreamYard to stream, which allows you to put graphics on the screen. So on the front, there's a logo there. It's a TubeBuddy logo because they sponsor that stream. And uh, uh, so that logo is there. But since that logo is like a real logo, like we had a whole thing made and it's attached to the front of this, um, since StreamYard is a co-sponsor, then we have a digital graphic that we overlay on the TubeBuddy one. And since TubeBuddy, since they got sold, since we, you know, made that particular thing, uh, their logo has also been updated. So then we also use the digital thing to add, you know, their, uh, their logo there as well, just for the intro stuff. When we're, you know, telling everybody that they're sponsors and all that, then we will replace that logo. But then once we get rolling, then we don't do that anymore. But everything else about that particular setup, though, is uh, is it, it's real. My, that's my that's my brother's uh, blood, sweat, and tears in that uh, <laughs> studio there, building that for us. <laughs> so, so for those who are 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 getting started, like I, you know, I've been very fortunate. This is, uh, you know, I think last time we talked on like the Visual Lounge, the podcast, I was in a different location. I built this room. Uh, it is very similar to my old room, but like I, I feel very fortunate. I've mounted my lights. I've done some things to make it a, a pretty permanent setup. But if you're getting started and maybe space is at a premium, you know, maybe you're living in an apartment or there's not a lot of space. Any tips for for that? Uh, obviously, it's an, a point to aspire to, like having a studio, having a setup. But in that meantime, what advice can you give our audience about just making sure you're ready to go and, and you know, cause I, I find there's nothing more demotivating than having to set up. <laughs> like, I'm like, I want to record. And then I'm like, oh crap, I've got to put up lights. I've got to get my microphone set up, pull up the camera, make sure, you know, like that's to me, that is very, 
like it's going to shoot it takes me down. away some energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the first thing is, uh, you know, again, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. So, you know, I, I've been doing this for a really long time and, you know, content creation has been really kind to me. So because of that, you know, that's why we were able to do the studio. That's why I have multiple setups in here and that kind of stuff. So that, you know, since I do this professionally, then in that case, you know, I just invest in those environments because they can, you know, make things feel a little bit different. Um, it just gives me different places to shoot also. So I don't get bored with, you know, what it is that I'm doing. But when it comes to what you actually need, like you don't need all this stuff. You know, I'm a techie. I love cameras. I love lenses. I love, you know, all the live streaming gear and all that. So because of that, you know, I'm, this is more about, you know, having those environments so I don't get bored, but also it's more about like, I just like tinkering with stuff. Right. So, you know, because of that, that's why, you know, I have a lot of this stuff, but what you actually need, you need one camera, that camera can be your phone. And you need one, you don't have to have it, but it'll make your audio sound better if you do, if you have some type of, you know, extra microphone. So for example, this is one that, you know, a lot of people will start with. It's a, it's a Rode uh, video mic, I think is the name of this. But, um, you know, you can get this and get an adapter that plugs into your phone. They also have wireless versions as well. And I don't have any relationship with Rode, um, like they're not sponsored or anything. But when it comes to them, they also have these little... Uh, wireless go devices that you can also, you know, plug one end into your phone and then you plug, you set the other one right here in your chest and then, uh, and then you can, you know, communicate that way. So you need a camera, you, you, it's helpful and will give you a better end result if you also have a microphone and the whole idea, it doesn't even have to be a fancy microphone. The whole idea with the microphone is let's say that your phone is over here. Well, if you're sitting there talking to the phone, just like you see, I'm talking to this microphone now. Um, If I'm talking to the phone, then in that particular case, there's going to be a lot of sound bouncing around the room Mm -hmm. and that's going to go into the phone as well. So because of that, when you have that microphone, it brings the sound closer to you or brings the, the, the audio pickup closer to you. And then it picks up more of your voice and less of the room around. So it just gives you a, a better end result. But then if you're on a budget, one, if you have $100, you can hop on Amazon and you can get a lighting kit for cheap there. Unfortunately, you have to set it up. Or if you have a large window in your apartment or house or office, then you can sit by that window. Instead of, you don't want to sit with the window, uh, with the camera facing you with the window at your back. Instead, t- put yourself at about a 45 degree angle with the window and then put the camera, uh, you know, kind of in front of you. And then by doing that, you are going to be getting the ambient light from that window. So you're going to have to do it in the daytime in that particular situation. But that's beautiful light coming in from outside. It's the best quality light that you can get from the sun. And uh, it's the ambient light. You don't want direct sunlight hitting you because then everything will look a little bit weird. But if you have that ambient light coming in, then that's all you really need. So a phone, a microphone, if you want to make the audio sound a little bit better. And, you know, just sitting by a window um, is technically all that you need. And if you don't have that and you're like, hey, I'm going to get lights and, uh, you know, because I I only have time to shoot at night since we are talking about time management, uh, then in that particular case, get your lights and you're going to have to go through the process of setting it up. It's going to be part of the gig, right? It's going to suck, but (laughs) it's going to be part of the gig. And then uh, when you are, uh, you know, uh, recording, it can be helpful. Like if you're on an iPhone, for example, and I think all newer phones have this now, they have what's called portrait mode. Mm -hmm. And that portrait mode allows you to add a little bit of background blur. 
And one of the awesome things about that is you don't want to overdo it. But if you look at my screen right now, and this is kind of a lower version of it, but if you look at my screen right now, you can see how I'm nice and crisp here in this shot. But my chair is just a little bit blurry. And then the table, as we go further back, is even more blurry. That blue screen back there is even more blurry and so on. The further back you get, the more blurred out everything gets. So an advantage to this is it keeps the attention focused on you. And it blurs the background out enough to where the things that are back there aren't really that distracting. So, you know, if you are in like, let's say an apartment, you're like, hey, I can't move a bunch of stuff around every time I need to make videos. Then in that case, if you use portrait mode in your phone or you get a camera or a webcam that allows you to adjust what's called the depth of field, then in that particular case, it's going to blur out a lot of that stuff. Now, you got to be really careful with this because if you look at Zoom, for example, on Zoom, they have the option to blur the background, but it looks ridiculous, right? Like it's way mm -hmm. overdone and they blur it for the sake of, you know, completely not letting people see anything in your background. That's too much. You don't want to do that. Um, instead, you want to give a, enough blur to where it still looks okay and it still looks kind of natural, um, but it's enough blur that it kind of hides what's going on in the background just a little bit to where the attention is going to be focused in on you. But, um, but, you know, everything it is that I'm talking about, you probably already have the capability to do it with the phone that you have in your pocket or that you might be watching this on. And uh, when it comes to the audio, that's, you know, that's the only thing that, that I would say would be like the first step in terms of, you know, improving their production quality. But even the microphones on these phones, like if you're holding them close enough, you know, even the audio on these things can be great. I have a friend of mine here in Thailand. He grew his YouTube channel to over 100,000 subscribers in 10 months from day one and starting his channel using an iPhone without any additional microphone or anything. Him just running around town, just vlog style talking to the camera. So in terms of what you need, that is usually a lot less than what it is that people want, right? Because a lot of people want the fancy stuff. They want the high-end cameras. They want, you know, everything to look as good as possible because, you know, it does represent you in some way. But in terms of response from the people that are interacting with your content, the thing that's important to them is the value that they're getting from what it is that you're doing. So because of that, when it comes to your production quality, all you need to do is get things to the point to where nothing is a distraction from the value that you're providing. And what I mean by that is when you are publishing videos and somebody comes in, let's say, let's say YouTube recommends your video to me on my homepage. And I go and I click on that video. I'm like, hey, this looks interesting. Let me check it out. And then I start your video. If the lighting's just really weird or you're, it's really dark or something like that, that's a distraction because I'm thinking about what it looks like, right? But if there's just enough light, then in that particular case, it's not going to be a distraction. I'm going to be able to enjoy the content. Same goes for audio. If I come into it and the audio just sounds really echoey or something like that, or it's really low where I have trouble hearing you, then it's a distraction, right? It's going to distract, it's going to distract, distract me from the value that you provide. So because of that, you just have to get things to a point to where there aren't distractions as people are coming into it so that they can receive whatever value it is that you're putting out. That was like a masterclass, Nick. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, and it's, I just kept going. Yeah. I was like, no, in my brain, I was like, you know what? I should probably just stop here real quick and, you know, uh, and let Matt, you know. no, it's so good because it's, <laughs> yeah, my apologies there for, no, for rambling. No, not a ramble at all because it's so important. I, I you know, we tell people the same thing. If you're going to, if you have any money and you're going to invest in this, first thing you buy is a microphone. Don't, don't, don't bother going and spend a bunch of money on a camera that you don't know how to use. It's too complex and isn't going to, you're going to be dis disappointed with the results. 
because your, yep. your audio is still going to going to be terrible. So buy a microphone. The, the thing that I tell people, the second thing to buy is lighting because then you have more control because I often find daylight. I'm in Michigan. You're in Thailand. You might have more. I don't know. You might probably have more sun than we get. We have very cloudy, disparate, like it snowed here. My Nick. office is black. Like, uh, like <laughs> yeah. there used to be a window here when we got the place. I had them concrete the window. I was like, yep, no, you know, we're not having the window there. And then I have one small window over on this side and, um, and I have, I have curtains to help, you know, lower the echoes in the room. I had them put curtains across the whole wall, but there's just a small window there that was also bringing in light. So I have like a, um, like a black cover thing that I got from Amazon to cover that. So no light comes in. And then I also put the curtains, uh, over it as well. So yeah, yeah there's no light coming in with the exception of the light coming in from the bathroom over there, but I close that door and then it's dark in here. <laughs> yeah. I, but that's the thing. You get more control with light and your cameras, yeah. even your cell phone. Like I, I have my phone and it does a great job, especially when I'm outside. As soon as I'm inside low light, you notice. And so lighting's what I tell people is second. And then third, once you're ready and you're willing to invest in learning, get a camera, right? So because th th these are fantastic. These have more power than most, uh, you know, for those that are old enough, remember the 90s. Those cameras, these have more power than those cameras uh, for yep. like a film studio. So it's pretty impressive. You know, when I was first uh, getting started with all this, because I wanted everything to look good out of the gate. So, you know, I was trying to give myself the best shot, right? Uh, so when I first started this, I got a camera. It was a Sony XF100. That particular camera was like $3,000 or something like that. Now, this you know, nine years later, this right here shoots better looking footage than those cameras shoot. Like it's still a good camera. And if you're outside, it's still really good. But in terms of the creative options that you have with the depth of field and being able to change, you know, the different lenses and things like that, all without all with just a few taps on your phone. Uh, yeah, it, it's incredible what we can do now compared to uh, compared to not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick, I know our time is getting short, but we have a question that came in that I want to make sure we ask. We said we ask, and it's it's a good one. Does every YouTube channel need to worry about a brand? And they, they go on and say, I didn't plan on pu pushing the channel as a brand, just something for people to watch if they like critters or they like, want to learn a recipe. How important is brand if you're doing this? Because I imagine we've talked a lot about video creation. And if you're on YouTube, you're doing this stuff, there's video creation is a portion of what we do. And then there's kind of all the other stuff that's got to go along with having a channel, right? It's not just you made a lot of videos. It's like, well, what are you about? Who are you? What are these things? So how important your estimation is that? Um, I think it all comes down to what you want to do. Like, you know, for example, you know, you don't like if you're uploading videos to YouTube, you don't have to want to grow your channel. Right. Like that's kind of the thing, you know, that's why, you know, people watch a lot of my videos and stuff because they're trying to figure out that part because they want that. They want subscribers. They want a lot of people watching their videos. They want, you know, all the stuff that comes with being a content creator. But some people are like, hey, I just want to upload videos and I want to, you know, for the people that do see them, I just want, you know, those people to come in and enjoy, you know, what I've made. If it's if it's five people or if it's five million people, I just want people to come in and enjoy my content and I'm just going to make what I want to make. And if people like it, cool. If, if only a few people like it, that's cool, too. And in my opinion, that's perfectly fine. 
And it's also a more relaxing approach, right? Because then, you know, you don't have to be as rigid with your consistency. You don't have to be as, you know, focused on, okay, well, I got to make sure that I'm getting people past this first minute. And then, okay, I got people past this first minute. Now what am I going to do to get them past this next 30 seconds? Like, you don't have to obsess over those types of things. You can just make stuff and you can put it up and that's, it's perfectly okay. Like there isn't, you know, there isn't a rule, so to speak, you do what you want to do. Um, and then when it comes to the brand side of things, if you are somebody that is, you know, wanting to grow a personal brand and you're wanting to be, you know, um, to be known for something, then in that particular case, then yeah, you know, you, you want to consider thinking about, okay, well, what kind of brand am I? What's the, you know, what type of, you know, sentiment is my brand going to have? What type of, you know, icons am I going to have that are, you know, identifiable within my brand? Um, you know, like thinking about all of those types of things is, is important at that point. But if you are somebody that's like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm just wanting to upload videos. And if people like them, that's cool. Then, you know, that's OK, too. Um, there isn't a rule, you know, when it comes to this, just do what it is that you want to do to achieve whatever goals that you have. And if that is, hey, yeah, I, I, I want to, you know, make the most out of this. Then in that case, yeah, to think about, you know, how you can build your brand. Um, if you are somebody that's like, Hey, I just want to upload videos and connect with, you know, people that might like them. Then in that particular case, you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. You don't even need to watch my videos. In that particular case, you just do your thing. And then as people run across your content, that's your chance to connect. Um, but if you are somebody that's serious, then, you know, then everything changes and it gets a lot more intense because then there's a lot of moving parts because then instead of just uploading videos, you're uploading videos, you're having to keep retention in mind, you're having to look at your click-through rate, you're having to be a little bit more strategic with everything you do, you're having to think about how each piece of content leads into another piece of content, you're having to think about, okay, over, over the videos over the next 90 days that I'm going to publish, how are they going to relate to each other, how am I going to refer people into this video, uh, you know, a uh, few weeks down the road, um, which playlists am I going to build so that I can create binge-watching sessions on my channel, um, what specific calls to action am I going to use in my videos to try to get people to subscribe a higher rate. Uh, you know, you got to start thinking of all these things. Then you got to start thinking about, okay, well, you know, now I guess since I'm building this brand, now I have to make sure that all my graphics are similar, you know, across the board, which Camtasia can help with, by the way, you just build them once inside of there, or you use one of their pre-made templates from the marketplace or one of the free ones that are in there. And you just customize it to yourself with your colors and fonts and all that, then you're good to go. Um, but then you transfer, you know, those things in terms of the fonts, colors, um, in general vibe, um, to your, you know, channel art, maybe you're going to do some of that in your thumbnails and so on. So when you start taking this seriously, and you're like, yeah, I want to, you know, do this thing, um, then it definitely becomes a lot more intense. It requires a lot more time and a lot more intention and strategy behind it um, in order to, you know, accelerate your, you know, between here and and that point that you get to of accomplishing whatever it is that you, you know, intended to accomplish by taking it seriously. Yeah, it feels a lot like the difference between, oh, I've got, I got this hobby, I want to do something and make stuff, whatever, versus I'm going to treat this like a business. And, Right. Uh, and that can be fun, right? Like, I, I think that can be that can be fulfilling, that can be rewarding, but it is a different level kind of, of work going, if we will use a going pro kind of model, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when I was a kid, skateboarding was not very popular, but it was always like, if you were, yeah, I'm just, I'm just skating for fun versus the guys who were out there like Tony Hawk, who's an amazing skater was doing it for pro, right? He was doing it for real, real money and building things, very different levels of commitment. I was, I was too afraid to fall down. Tony Hawk was not, <laughs> I'm not, I was not any good. So I'm not comparing myself to Tony Hawk, but, but I think it's, a, it's, it's an important distinction. I hope our listeners here 
get that, right? Like you, you have, and you, Nick, have spent the time to learn these things and build these things. And so grateful that you teach these things too, because I, I could see uh, if you're new to this process, it can feel like a lot. And I think the thing is that I would just suggest is that go watch Nick's channel, go watch his videos, go learn from him, but don't try to do everything at once because that's that's gotta be a recipe for failure, right? Like if you try to just do everything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one one way that I like to uh, explain that is, you know, a lot of people will start YouTube channels and they start the channels with the expectation that they're going to immediately get the results of the content creators that they're watching. The thing that's really important to understand is that the content creators that you are being recommended, the reason that you're being recommended their content is because it's high performing unless you're in a test group. So you could be in a test group where you see, you know, where you're one of the first, you know, um, times that, you know, let's say a new creator, let's say they just uploaded something. If it's good or not, YouTube's still their systems like, hey, let's show this to people and see if they like it or not. So you might, you know, run into content like that. But a majority of the content that you see being recommended to you is content that's proven to be competitive within the system in terms of the creator's ability to grab people's attention, hold their attention and create a satisfactory experience for, you know, for their viewers. So what goes into that, it looks easy from the outside because you're, you know, watching it as a viewer and you're just kind of sitting back and enjoying it. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into, you know, making high quality content for YouTube that that people do respond to at a high level. So uh, because of that, you know, it's important to make sure that you look at it from the perspective, especially if you're just getting started, that you look, I mean, you, even even me, nine years later, I still look at it like this because nobody, you know, at any given time, nobody knows anything and or nobody knows everything, I should say. Um, and because of that, you know, we're always in a constant state of development. And, you know, as the platform changes and audience interests change and things like that, we as creators have to also pivot, which is a whole other thing too. So you're always learning. But the idea that I try to express is, because you're in the learning curve, it's just like if you were to start trying to learn how to play an instrument, right? Some people, they will pick up a guitar and they'll start playing around and they'll just naturally be like, oh, okay, these sounds work good together. Um, my fingers, yeah, this makes, you know, this makes sense to me. Um, you know, how this, the whole thing works together. Okay, so this hand is playing this, this hand is playing this. Yeah, th this makes this makes sense. And, and they'll start playing a guitar relatively quickly in terms of getting off the ground, right? But then if they want to become a master at it, it's going to take them tons of practice, tons of learning different songs. They might even try out different guitars, different types of music, things like that. But eventually, through practice and learning how to get their fingers to work better and learning, you know, music theory and things like that, then they'll end up being a better musician, right? But never does it happen where somebody just picks up a guitar and then like the next thing you know, they're like, hey, you know what, I'm going to pick up a guitar today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to go stand on stage next to Angus Young of ACDC, and we're just going to, you know, have a showdown. That doesn't happen. What happens is you pick up a guitar, and you're like, oh my gosh, was this a mistake? I don't even know why I got this thing. And then you're like, okay, you know what, let's do it. We're going to learn how to play guitar. You got to learn how to get your fingers to move. You got to buy these little, you know, things. I mean, you don't have to, but it's helpful. These little things that, uh, that you exercise your fingers with while you're walking around or driving or whatever to make sure that, you're, that your fingers can work independently. Then you have to learn, you know, the frets on the board. Then you have to learn how to, before you even do that, you got to learn how to tune the strings. You might even experiment with different guitars, stuff like that. You got to learn how to get this hand to work while this hand's working. Then you got to learn how to get your brain to know, okay, while, while this hand's working and this hand's working, while I'm playing this, then I have to seamlessly go from this note to this note. How in the world am I going to do that, right? Like there's this huge process that you have to go through when you're trying to learn how to play an instrument. 
And in order to master an instrument, it's going to take time. So the same exact thing applies when it comes to YouTube is if you've never done anything like this before, you've never made videos before or anything like that, you might be one of those people that are like, I've watched a ton of YouTube content. I, I can kind of identify, you know, like, hey, this is why they do this. This is probably why they do this. And you you understand or notice the nuance of YouTube. In that particular case, you're probably going to start out and you might hit the ground running, um, especially if you have some skills that you brought on with you from, you know, your life before creating content that help you be able to do specific things. Maybe you've edited videos before. Maybe you've, you know, done graphic design like I had before I came onto YouTube, which helps you with thumbnails, little things like that. But most people, they're going to come on and they're going to, they're going to fumble through even the very entry stuff. How do I come up with video ideas consistently? Right? So things like that, just understand that if you're getting started, that you're somewhere in that initial learning curve. And in order to, you know, get what it is that you're, you know, that get what the, that you're trying to do with the goals that you have around, you know, creating content, you just have to understand that you have all of these different skills that you have to develop along the way. And as you develop those skills, they're going to help you see things differently. And when you're watching other people's videos, you will eventually hit a point to where you're going to be able to watch somebody's video and you're going to say, oh, I bet tons of people left when they did this. Mm. Um, or you'll come into a video and their hook, you're going to be like, oh man, that was, a, that was a great hook, right? And you're going to be able to see things like that and identify it in other people's content and you're going to be able to do it better yourself, right? But like as you develop those skills though, it, and this is a really weird thing, but as you develop those skills, it starts allowing you to just see everything it is that you're doing differently and it helps you see everything that everybody else is doing differently as well. So just a really quick example for this, and then I'll shut up, is, uh, is you know, a lot of people when they start, they'll just, you know, fill their thumbnails up with a bunch of stuff, right? But what you really need to do, and this is something that, that, that takes a long time uh, for some people to learn, is what you really want to do is you just want to focus on one thing in your thumbnail. Because the whole job of your thumbnail isn't to just explain everything that's going to be going on in your video. The idea of your thumbnail is to grab the attention of the people that you're trying to reach and help them identify that that content might be something that they're interested in. So you can do that with just one photograph with no words or arrows or circles or anything like that on the screen. You can do that with one photograph. Sometimes, you know, you can illustrate that, you know, graphically. Sometimes you can have a photo with some text supporting it or whatever. But the idea is that the whole job of the thumbnail is just to grab somebody's attention and help them identify that they might care about this content in some way. Of course, you know, there's more ways to look at that and there's, you know, more nuance to it. But at the end of the day, that's all you're trying to do. So when you first start, if you're one of those people that are just filling up your thumbnails with everything and just, you know, jam packing them with, you know, a bunch of text on the screen and putting subscribe buttons on them and, you know, things like that, which a lot of new creators do, what you're doing with all of those extra things is you're distracting that potential viewer from seeing what it is that you're, act, you know, that actually matters to them. So, you know, because of that, even little details like how do I how do I grab somebody's attention is a skill that you have to that you have to learn over time. So just embrace that learning curve. And if you embrace the learning curve and you are actively building your skills, meaning I'm watching videos on video editing, I'm watching videos on graphic design, I'm watching videos on photography and videography so I can get a better understanding of like how light works and how, you know, I can, you know, make my videos look better, things like that. Um, I am watching videos on public speaking, on charisma, on, you know, these types of things, watching videos or reading articles or listening to podcasts on storytelling, you know, all of these things will help you be a, a better creator. 
And and Nick, you never have to stop. Like this is why you're here is because we are are you know that's I mean just so much good information. If if someone's missed this, they've missed out on on so much great content. So Nick, uh, our our time is running short though, but uh, so appreciative of of you coming to share your knowledge and wisdom with us. You know it's always a pleasure to work with you. So you've got a My lot pleasure. more. Thank you for having me on. Super appreciated. I'd love working with you guys too. Absolutely. And and you've got so much other great content out there. How, how, where should they go watch this great content? Like give us the pitch, Nick. So if you go to nicknimmon.com slash bio, then that's going to take you everywhere. So um, if you go there, that's going to show you my TikTok, my Instagram is going to show you my YouTube, or you can just shortcut that because, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, then he actually has a link in the video description that takes you straight to my channel. But if you are not, then you can hop on YouTube and you just type in my name, Nick Nimmin, which is on the bottom of the screen right now. And, um, and then my channel will pop up there. And then you can start exploring the content that I have and learn a ton. Over 700 videos worth of, uh, of information about YouTube. Yeah. And it, it's such, such good stuff. I know I, I, uh, you're in my regular rotation of, of, of learning. And so again, just so appreciative, Nick, that you're, you've been here. Um, before we wrap up, any last tips, advice, things that you've thought of as we've been going through this journey of a conversation that you, you'd, want, you'd want our listeners to know about time management, being a creator, or anything else you'd want to share with us? Absolutely. This stuff is hard. So, you know, since it's hard, just make sure that, you know, when you come into it, like I mentioned before, that you're willing to, you know, learn and you're willing to, you know, get it done. Because, you know, the way that I look at this is that there's tons of people that start making content and then they will stop making content for a bunch of different reasons. And I look at it kind of like a filter system, right? So that filter system is based on what people are willing to learn and what they're willing to do. So for example, if you're not willing to learn how to make a good thumbnail, then you're probably not going to make it very far. So the very first step in that filter is going to eat you up, so to speak. But if you are, then you're going to make it past that part. And then when you make it past that part, the next thing is going to be, okay, what about writing titles? So if you're willing to spend some time learning on, you know, making more compelling titles, then, you know, you can use an informative title and it'll get you there. Like, that'll be fine. That would technically get you through the filter. But if you learn how to write compelling titles, then it's going to get you much farther in the filter faster, right? And then from there, like I said, when we first started this conversation, you can cut a video or you can learn to edit a video. When you learn to edit a video, then that's going to take you even further in the filter, right? And then we have time management. So again, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do this sort of thing, it's important to not think about, okay, I'm making, I'm going to make a video this week. Instead, think of it through the lens of, okay, this is something that I really enjoy doing. I'm going to do this for at least the next like three to five years. How can I work the process of ideation, creating the content and publishing that content? How can I work that into my lifestyle so that I can ensure that I can get it done? Right. Because if you don't do that and you don't prioritize it, then that part in the filter is going to get you. Right. So the whole idea is basically just be willing, one, identify and just recognize that it's hard. And because it's hard, you know, like uh, Camtasia, they just recently hit 100,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which high five this month, by the way. Awesome work to the Camtasia team for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> but, uh, it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but when it comes to, you know, reaching 100,000 subscribers, 
Now, Camtasia is in the top 1% of YouTube. And the reason for that is because they made it through the filter and they're still, you know, going through the, you know, extended into the filter, just like I am, but, but they made it through that initial filter that causes a lot of people to stop doing the thing, right? Because, you know, Matt, you know, has worked into his lifestyle and it's part of his job as well, but worked into his lifestyle in terms of like, okay, part of my work day is making sure that I get this done. And, you know, everybody else that works on content around Camtasia, they do the same exact thing. Me, same thing. You know, I've worked this into my lifestyle to the point that I had a very difficult time, you know, when I was transitioning from, you know, my graphic design business that I had into being a full-time creator. I had a period of time where it was kind of rough. You know, I was I was just pretty much working, you know, during that time. And it, and it was rough. But once I came through the other side of that, I can't even put into words. Um, you know, the the impact that this has had on me and everybody around me. So in terms of, you know, seeing it as the learning curve and being willing to get through those filters, if this is something that you want to really take full uh, advantage of in terms of the opportunity, see it through, right? See it through and just recognize that it's hard. And then, you know, because if you look at it like it's easy, then you're going to try to make it easy and you're going to try to shortcut. And the only thing that shortcuts do when it comes to making content is they make the process longer and they make everything more difficult. Um, but if you're like, you know what, this is hard. And since it's hard, I need to arm myself with the information and the skill sets in order to do it. If you take that approach, then you'll be able to see it through and you'll be able to turn this into anything you want. But if you, you know, aren't, then, you know, then it'll be, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, of a difficult time for you. But one thing that I can tell you, and I'm sure Matt supports this as well, is for those of us that are pretty far down the filter, like we're all rooting for you because we know what's on the other side of the publish button we know what's on the other side of, of dedicating to learning those skills and to seeing it through. Like we know what's on the other side of it. So we're all rooting for you and, uh, and you can use the Camtasia content to learn how to do it. You can use my content. And there's also, there's tons of, of, of information on YouTube and the internet in general that will help you learn how to do all this stuff. You just have to go through the process of, of learning it. So again, we're rooting for you. You got this. And, uh, and we'll see you on the other side of this filter. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Amen to that. Right. Like, uh, absolutely agree, Nick, that we are here. To, that's why, that's why we make our content, right? Like that's my, mm -hmm. my whole goal in my role is to help see people be successful. And I know that's what you love doing too. And yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's so interesting. Like in so many other things, it's competitive. It's not competitive on YouTube, right? It's 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 like right. let's li all lift. If you're doing well and I'm mm -hmm. doing well, that's that's fantastic. And maybe we can lift each other in the in along the way. So, uh, great advice. I love the 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 analogy of the filters because that those it is it's hard. The other thing, I, the only thing I'd add to what you said, Nick, is that I think for a lot of creators, and I've been there. I know I I guess I'm guessing you've probably been there. Is take care of yourself. Take yeah. care of yourself along the way because you know what. At the end of the day, it's you gotta you gotta make sure you're you're good, and if you're not good uh, with yourself, then then you know that that stuff you're making isn't as important. So I know a lot of creators. Yeah, if, if you arrive at your goal and you're miserable, then you're gonna be like, oh my god, what have I done, right? But if you take care of yourself along the way, when you get there, you're gonna be like, man, this has been the best experience that I could. This has been way better than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> Ab absolutely. Well, Nick, uh, we are so grateful for your time and your your willingness to share with these great these great things with us. We it's always a pleasure to talk with you, uh, and so thank you so very much. Thank you as well. Super, um, super excited. You know, hopefully people got some value out of the conversation today. And um, yeah, super excited to be here. And as always, it's awesome catching up with you as well. 
Absolutely. So let's just wrap up on this one thing. Just a thank you again to Nick. He is amazing. Go check out his channel. Go check out all the great stuff he has. We have his some courses that he's made for us on academy.techsmith.com. Check those out because those are chock full of so much more great value. Um, and I just want to say again, if you are looking for a video editing tool, you need something to screen record, you need something that is going to help you get that those videos out and edited quickly. Camtasia is a tool that is fantastic. It is what I use to edit all my videos. Now I happen to work for the company, but I can guarantee you so many people are using it to make great looking videos. And it is, you know, something really great. We've also got TechSmith Audiate, which is going to transcribe your video, going to help you to do some other really cool stuff with that. So you can add dynamic captions, you can, you can, edit your video based on text versus, you know, to get that through that rough cut that Nick was talking about. So go check out TechSmith products. Go to techsmith.com. That's T-E-C-H-S-M-I-T-H.com. All right, everybody, there we have it with Nick Nimmin part two. I'm so glad that Nick came to share that advice with us. So grateful for those tips and tricks to help us be more time efficient, to be thinking about how do we use our time throughout the entire video creation process, because it really is important to keep getting better and better. Now, we'd love to have your feedback on this episode. You can leave it in the comments below or email me at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. We always love getting emails to tell us what we're doing, that we could do better, what, what went well, what helped you. Love to see your examples. You make something because we inspired you. That would be fantastic. I would love to see that. So whether you're already creating videos or hesitant to get started, we encourage you to just take a little time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.